Hey, chaps. What a great, what an epoch, what an era, what a time to be alive, frankly. Hope you all had a great weekend trundling in there. Uh, it's been flipping hot. Um, a lot of guys think that the African meme is, oh, Africa must be so hot. I was like, well, I have a story for you, American man. This freaking humidity just gets on you. Rob, welcome, brother. The thing in, in South Africa is that, yeah, you know, it's 95 degrees or whatever outside. Uh, but then you go into the shade and you're cool. Whereas here, it's, there is no shade. It's all aircons and fans. All the glory. Nick, welcome, brother. Mowing. Well, I'll have you know I did my mowing this morning. Beat you to it. Um, although I'm not finished. Who does half a job? Me. I did half a job, admittedly. But happy mowing, brother. I hope you can hear me over the sound of cicadas coming to mate with your two-stroke engine. So today, chaps, wanted to really... Uh, it's been a fun weekend. Um, I think I have a lot of fun through my wife's Instagram. <laughs> She's been... Um, She's been going hard on this whole thing of, uh, you know, marriage and children. It's, it's a big passion of, of our lives of like, you know, we weren't necessarily given the tools. Uh, we weren't necessarily given the best roadmap uh, to get where God wants us to be. You know, God wants us um, in a healthy marriage uh, with many, many children, be fruitful, multiply, multiply. children are a blessing, a reward from the Lord. Uh, they are arrows in a man's hand. Uh, he will speak with his enemy at the gate and he will not be ashamed. You know, and obviously where we find ourselves now in our own lives, you know, at 30, um, you know, we we were counseled, you know, when we got married, uh, you know, oh, you've got time and, you know, use birth, you know, use condoms or whatever. And it's like, oh, no, my friend. Oh, no. Have children. Have many, many children. You know, because you don't know what life is going to throw at you. You don't know what, uh, you know, things there are. Rob, to the women, the shareholders will never love you. Yeah, you know. So learning about this whole thing of, of, you know, sexual market value. For a lot of guys, you know, when I was men's lowest market value. So women are born with value. Men's lowest market value is, you know, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. And so to start making trades at that age for guys uh, is unwise unless you have a, a clear understanding of what's going on and, and where you're headed. Whereas for girls, it's like you definitely, you know, putting off making a trade is unwise. Like, hello, trade in your chips for the highest value guy while you're at the top of your of your sexual market value. And for guys, it's like uh, uh, ignore women, ignore women and make science, ignore women and make mission, make money, make power, make wealth. You know, and you'll look back 23, 24, 25 at all these 16, 17, 18, 19 year olds and you'll be like, I now have a choice that I never had before. Because you've gained in value, you've gained uh, sexual market value. You know, no one teaches us in the church this whole thing. Un-Canadian, welcome, brother. Brotaria, my goodness. Owen might copyright us here. Sounding a bit, a bit close. I give honor to the big bear. You know, so you get to this, this thing where the world is teaching young girls. Like, oh, sleep around as much as you want, which is not protecting your value, right? Oh, go to college, which is delaying marriage oh go get a career which is 
avoiding men, you know? And, and so a lot of girls, man, my wife will post some, some sweet stuff to, to that kind of direction and girls will be like, what are you saying? You know, and W laser, welcome brother. You know, and they'll be like, God has called me to college. God has called me to be single. It's like, no, no, there's just no guys who are, <laughs> who are pursuing you. And now you're bitter. And instead of asking, wait a minute, you know, were we lied to? Did, you know, are we wrong? It's like, no, make the girls who are younger than me do the same, take the same lousy deal so that I'm not alone while I'm alone. You know, so it's, it's, and it's from a place of compassion, you know, it's the whole normie and clown thing. You can't be, you can't be angry at these girls who are just in a liberal frame. You know, women take the shape of the container they are put in. So you send them to public school, you send them to college, you send them to the workplace, that's going to be their container. And they're going to, they're going to be very faithful to that container and defend anything that destroys their container, their safety, right? So you come along and you tell them that, well, you know, public school is probably lying to you and college is not a good idea. And, uh, you know, Rob, to, the shareholders will never love you. You know, you're breaking their container. So where do they go to? And that's where, like, we have to step up in the church. We have to step up um, as patriarchs to be like, no, you're going to fit into our container. You're going to fit into our frame of marriage is venerated. Family, children are venerated and honored. <clears throat> you know, men peg each other, their status in a hierarchy uh, according to their strength, their, uh, their courage, and their mastery, their skill. You know, that's how we size each other up as men. You know, you're like, how do you fit in this hierarchy? Women do not fit into a hierarchy like that. Women fit into a hierarchy as pegged to the man in their life, whether that's their father, their husband, or their sons. That's where she is pegged in the hierarchy. So if her husband is super high status, she's pegged to his status. If her dad is super high status, she's pegged to his status. If her son, one of her sons or many of her sons are high status, she's pegged to their status. And so that's what feminism has lied to these girls and said, you don't need a man. You don't need to peg yourself to a man. You're the boss, babe. You're the ministry, babe. You're the, you know, whatever, uh, career woman, etc. Um, and it's like, no, like, you know, it's that whole thing on the internet of like, women don't exist on the internet. And it's the same thing in hierarchies. Women don't exist in hierarchies. They are a function of the man they are attached to. So this is why you see, even when like there are boss babes, whenever they get attacked, they don't defend themselves. They run to the highest status man in their life to come and defend them. Or they call on the wide range of men below them to come up and be white knights and simp for them. They can't, you know, it's they want equality with the man in the hierarchy. I want to be uh, credited on my own merits. And it's like, Oh, you want to enter the boxing ring? Boink. It's like, ah. <laughs> you know, and they call all their white knights and, and whoever the, the, the man in their life. It's, it's, it's honorless patriarchy because they're calling on a patriarch or they're calling on male foot soldiers, but they won't give them the honor. Blaine Morgan, welcome, brother. Rob, it is dangerous uh, for marriages for a woman to have a work husband, a boss who they serve as a husband in his domain for 40 hours a week and starts to rewire her loyalty and alter her perceptions. Yeah, man, this thing of the work wife, it's a reality that not many are willing to openly talk about, right? Because the moment you start talking about it, it becomes very uncomfortable. You know, so, so the work wife is a woman who is obedient, helpful, respectful, uh, 
and even beautiful because they, they know they have to keep up their appearances and their looks to gain honor, to gain favor with the men in her institution, right? So that's why like, you know, girls can just be the secretary, but if they're beautiful, if they're respectful, if they're helpful, it's like they will very quickly uh, gain the protection or the favor of a high status man in the, in the organization or of all the thirsty uh, guys who, who want a sexual chance with her will all simp for her. And it's a, it's a very proven strategy of the work. You've got two strategies as a woman. Either be a work wife and actually be feminine in the male institution and work on that and gain the protection of a higher value man and peg yourself to him or to all these lower value men who are thirsty for you. Or be the boss babe and try and become a second rate man. Strength, mastery, courage. You know, And, and no one likes a woman who's trying to be a man. It's like, it's pretty repulsive. Uh, w laser normalizing women in the workforce destroys families, destroys marriages. Yeah. And the reason, the reason being, you know, it is this whole thing of 40 hours a week. You know, a lot of guys, you know, I like old, uh, Scalas, uh, Lindy man on Twitter. He spoke quite clearly into this thing of the four hour, uh, is it the four hour life anyway, where you go, you know, you sleep for eight hours, you go to work for eight hours, you do all your traveling and logistics and ablutions and eating in four hours, which leaves you just a four-hour window every day uh, to pursue your mission, your passions, uh, your life that you would you would do had you uh, the time and resources. And so majority of men who are in this kind of four-hour life, they spend more time with a work wife, a lady who is paid to be obedient and helpful and respectful to him. Then they do, you know, they come home to this you know, if the other, if the wife is working a job, she's being a work wife to someone else and then comes home and is a bitch and is angry and is tired. You know, the children are all, all over the place. The house is a mess. Their life is just a mess. And it's like, oh my gosh, like this destroys marriages. This destroys families. You know, whereas if your wife's at home, you know, yes, you're still away eight hours a day. There may still be women. Again, this is where all the like affairs stuff comes in and insecurities comes in is when you, you know, all male environment is like, I'm off with the lads to go do some stuff, you know, or we're going on a work trip, or whatever. And it's like, now it's like, yeah. And now there's a whole bunch of young girls who are using the work wife technique of, of hierarchical advancement to try and seduce you, to try and get favor or protection from you. And so of course, you know, yes, if your wife's at home, that's great. You know, and when you're coming home, she's, she hasn't been serving another man all day. Your home is in order. There's peace. You know, that's a very healthy environment. We still have to protect, like you say, W laser, normalizing women in the workforce destroys families, destroys marriages, because it can be um, an unnecessary uh, driving factor on the environment of a healthy marriage and family. You know, and that's when everyone's like, oh, you bloody, you bloody misogynists can't even keep your things in your you know, just because there's a woman at work, now you're, and it's like, no, 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 Like, you don't even have to do anything. You know, there can be, there can be rape allegations. There can be, you know, HR issues. There can be uh, just even like, just emotional stuff that happens that's unhealthy, you know? And it's like, it's not that, it's not that you want it. It's, this is the dynamic when you put a woman into an all-male space, you know? It's like, what strategy is she going to use? Very often, it's not the boss, babe. It's the work wife. How can I please? How can I respect? How can I bat my eyelids and wear a nice dress to get advancement in, in a hierarchy? Anyway, enough of this. No, I might have some more of this. What, am I, what else did I want to speak on? 
Tonight's stream is not about sexual market value. It's about organizational market value, which is very, uh, very closely linked, very closely um, intertwined. So this is it. a woman's highest calling is wife and mother, you know, because so many girls have been brainwashed, have been put into the container of, of feminist liberalism, that marriage is slavery, that children are a, a burden, you know, and it's like the Bible says, <laughs> if you'd like to be a Christian, the Bible says, you know, that you, uh, it's not good for a man to be alone. Uh, you must be fruitful and multiply, uh, you know, marriage, uh, a a prudent wife is a is an inheritance from the Lord. Children are a blessing, a gift, a reward, an inheritance from the Lord. You know, all these things are spoken of. Marriage, family, children are spoken of in such honored terms in the Bible that you would be almost insane, which most of them are, to pervert this thing around and turn it around and be like, because Paul even says, I think it's in, in Titus or somewhere there, but he's like, I would that the young ladies get married, guide the house and not show themselves ashamed, you know, by being a frivolous feminist at some university, getting four PhDs and then trying to be a bus band. That's not in the, in the scripture, the last part, but, but the rest of it is, you know, so we have to, as men, we have to, as patriarchs lead the veneration again of the housewife, the veneration of the wife as a, a calling, as a career, the veneration of children as good, as a blessing, as a weapon in this cultural institutional war. You know, this, this absolute uh, psyop stops with us in our circles, in our high value circles, in our high value hierarchies that we are a part of. We, we, uh, we, what's the word I'm looking for? Affirm that, that the highest calling of a woman is marriage and children. Rob, whoa, 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 quoting Paul, this must be a misogynistic chat, shut it, shut it down, shut it down, boys, <laughs> but you know, and it's a great thing, you know, you look at, you look at what marriage is for, for the woman, you know, just how much a lady benefits, you know, they want to fight for equal pay and all this crap of like, oh, a woman only earns 70%, 70 cents on the dollar of what a man earns and blah, 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 they are fighting to go be corporate wage slaves and go be exploited by men who don't love them. When the men don't even want to go and do that, you know, it's like the men don't want to go and be exploited in this crap, you know, capitalistic, uh, corporatist, oligarchist system. Like, you know, the dream is like your own business, your own uh, uh, economy that you're in. And it's like so many of us have this dream to not be in there. And like the women are like, oh, yeah, we deserve to be in there. It's like we can be ground up in the meat grinder better than you can. We deserve equal pay for equal meat grinding. And it's like, if you get married to a guy, you get pegged to his status like that. You are now his status. You get pegged to his wealth. You get pegged to his uh, social opportunities. You get pegged to his economic opportunities. Like, you know, this whole thing of like, oh my gosh, like what is not to love for women about marriage, you know? Um, and then just one more like little thing that, you know, all the, the SMV, like pickup artist kind of guys labor on, but it's a great point because we're going to segue into, into organizational stuff with this, but a woman controls sex. She gatekeeps access to sex. A man gatekeeps access to commitment, to relationship, to marriage, right? So for instance, men want sex, women want marriage. So the man goes to multiple women, you know, and is like, 
Will you give me sex? Will you give me sex? Will you give me sex? And the woman can be like, yes or no. She's the gatekeeper. She decides whether the gate opens or not, right? Likewise, women are going to all these men and being like, will you marry me? Will you marry? And they're obviously not asking, will you marry me? But like in their mind, it's like, will this man marry me? Will this man marry me? Will this man marry me? And it's up to the man to be like, oh, you're giving me attention and you're giving me uh, respect and, and helpfulness. It's like, yeah, I would like you as my helpmate. I open the door to commitment, right? So that's the trade-off that we have here is sex and commitment. And and the perversion, you know, of of sexual market value, especially for, for little good Christian boys who just want to please the Lord, we're never taught this, right? We're never taught that we are valuable as men. You know, high-status men are very valuable. And, and not high-status because we start out with nothing. Missional men, strong men, masterful men, courageous men are high value, right? We are valuable. We hold a valuable tool, which is called commitment, marriage, right? And so this is something that, that I counsel young guys of like, you don't just say yes to the first girl that shows attraction to you. You know, that was my, my beta freaking gamma downfall as a, as a young guy. You know, you, you arrive at a new church and there's like five girls and they're all like giving you attention. So you're like, yes, <laughs> you know, and, and it's like, no, 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 I'm valuable. I choose who gets to be around me. I choose who I give commitment to relationship to, you know, I don't. Um, I don't just, oh, well, she likes me, you know, and, and so I'm just going to go along with it. And then, you know, so many guys, it's like, oh, it's the first time. I'm you know, that's not wise. And so the, the counsel for young guys is avoid women, you know, avoid pissing away your money, pissing away your energy, pissing away your time as a young, no value, 18 year old, 19 year old, 20 year old, even in high school, you, you have zero value, right? Because you're not going to marry anyone, uh, you know, as a teenager and, and, and late teens, you know, there are some guys who praise God for their family are like, yeah, you know, the Amish are like, oh yeah, at 19, I already have four children and a farm and a sweet buggy. That's the talk of the town. And it's like, good on you, SS officer, freaking giga Chad for the rest of us though. <laughs> you know, there's, there's almost no good for young guys to get involved with girls. And, you know, that's fine. If you want to, if you want to date around and have fun and whatever, do you, but don't start brandishing around commitment, brandishing around marriage when you're a low value guy, you know, and you don't know what your mission is. You, you're not heading towards what your insane, you know, rocket to the moon thing is. And, and this is the thing for guys. We don't need a girl. We need a goal. We need a mission. We need purpose. We need work. You know, that's what makes us fulfilled and like, wow, Lord, I'm doing what you've made me to do. From that place, a girl can step in to your mission. She can come alongside your mission as a helpmeet. What do us all little liberal Christian boys like? I'm looking for a woman who I can be a helpmeet. I'm going to be a helpmeet to a girl. Like, oh, you, this is what is your mission, girl? Can I be your helpmeet? It's like, come on, oh, little soy boys. And, but that was me. You know, that was me. By the grace of God, you know, there went I. So for all you young guys who aren't married yet, like, Man, build purpose, build wealth, build power, build status. And then you turn around and you have your pick of all the young girls who are at the height of their sexual market value, who can come into your, into your uh, frame, into your mission, into your purpose work and be a blessing, be a helpmeet, be respectful of what you're already going hard for. You're not a helpmeet to them. You're not a helpmeet to their, their purpose. Their highest purpose in life is wife 
and mother. And that's an honorable thing. You know, feminists will be like, this is patriarchal garbage. Listen to how this guy is just, you know, you're bringing humans into the world. No, no man can do that, you know? And then if you have five freaking rock star sons, you're now, you're now the mother. It's like Alexander. It's like, you know, any of these great kings, their mother was basically the queen because she has access to all the boys' status, all the boys' power. You know, it's like you don't understand the immense power of being the mother to absolute kings. It's like feminists are freaking 60 IQ. <clears throat> Getting riled up. All righty, Rob, unrelated. I feel like dogmatic complaints at church need to involve jujitsu as a resolution measure. Explain that more for me. Uh, Blaine, the corporate overlords love women in the workforce. It drives wages down. Yeah, women suck at negotiating. Women suck at negotiating. Except when it comes to sexual market, actually pretty good because it's natural for them. But, but, but organizational market value, women are terrible. They just take what they are given. They're, they're, they they want to please. They want to, uh, you know, they, they have such a high pain tolerance, so they really take a beating. You know, and it's like, they're, yeah, corporates, you know, love women in the workforce. And it destroys, it destroys cohesiveness amongst the team. It destroys morale, which means that, you know, it's, it's that whole thing with Amazon not having uh, unions because their workforce is so diverse that there's no unity, you know? So you can't have a union because, well, the, <laughs> you know, there's so many, same with putting women in there. It's like, you know, the ride or die union demand making requires a bunch of men with balls to stand up to billionaires. And it's like, not going to happen if it's multicultural and multi-gender. All righty. Where was I going with this? I'm just getting riled up. You guys are derailing me. All righty. All righty. All righty. Where was I going here? So, men, focus on building your mission. You know, for, for young guys and even for married guys. This is where we're getting now. Young guys, married guys, build your mission. Go hard at your mission. That is your number one thing in life that God has put you on this earth to do is to live out your calling in your domain, with your gift, your passion, absolutely go hard. That, you know, that's the place where the woman wants to come along. She wants to be involved in this adventure that you're on. And it's like, that's great, you know. And then with women, it's like my, my advice to young ladies is protect your virtue. You know, don't give young guys, you know, guys who are your same age, you know, or, or not powerful or not high status, don't give them the time of day. You're looking for an older guy who's more powerful, more status, and you're going to gatekeep sex because if he wants to marry you, then you give him. Once you get married, then you give him sex. That's how it works because it's scarcity. So there's a trade, right? You don't give the sex and then not get the marriage. Hello, you've given the thing without getting the thing. Come on. All right. But how does this relate now to us married guys, right? So for us married guys, like our SMV as single dudes is gone. Like that's, that's a done deal. You know, you can have, you can have, oh, great, I did it well, or, oh, that's terrible, I wish I could redo it, all the stuff, that's fine, everything's in the past, you know, let go of the resentment, let go of, of oh, could have done this, could have done that, like, no, like, it is what it is, now, how do I use this in my life today, you know, and so, obviously, the big thing, you know, so, for my wife and I, we're very honest of, like, I want to be high status, my wife is, is my helpmeet, you know, because she's pegged to my status, so this is a great, a great conversation to have with your wives, is, you are pegged to my status. You are pegged to my mission. You have access to everything that is our, this is our life. You know, and that's a great, that's a great understanding of sexual market purpose. 
You know, what is our purpose together as a married couple is to increase our status, is to go hard so that our children are high status. And, and, and now we know how to train them up into, into, the, into this way. But organizationally as well, right? So here's the thing. Woman, love, where was my little thing I said here? All right, missional men, king energy men are a scarce resource, right? 80% of the world are just normies, you know? And another 10% are clowns. And then here's 10% of us guys who have mission energy. We're king energy. We, we, we know that we're called to, to do life on purpose. And so we're going hard. We are scarce. And so not only are women, you know, attracted to that, and we have options when, if we're single guys, we have options when it comes to women. But as men, we have options when it comes to groups, when it comes to hierarchies, when it comes to organizations, right? Organizations are a feminine energy. So, the, so here's, the, here's the transition. We've been talking about sexual market value, man and woman. Now I want us to take this as a metaphor for man and organization, right? Guys go on a ship. The ship has a female name. We talk about a country as her. You know, organizations, institutions, groups are a feminine uh, dynamic, right? As men, we act upon the group. As men, we penetrate the group and lead and go hard and give our gift. And, and the group accepts us. The group gives us respect. The group helps us toward our mission. So, so organizational market value, right? I want us to really think hard on this when it comes to this thing of being a victim. You know, so many guys are a victim of girls. You know, the whole MGTOW movement of like men going their own way of like, oh, girls aren't interested in me or a girl rejected me. So now I hate all women. It's like, no, you just don't understand how women work. Same when it comes to like churches, groups, teams, jobs, whatever, any group that you've been a part of where you've had a bad experience or you've been rejected or your gift wasn't honored or whatever. And it's like, oh, I hate church now and I hate groups and I hate, and I'm just a loner. You know, again, this is very attractive to me to just go be a lone wolf. I'm, I'm quite solitary by nature. So it's like, oh, I've, I hate groups and just go be a, a, a MGTOW organizationally, right? And we try and do all of our mission without a woman, all of our mission without a help meet. And it's like, no, no, no guys, have a right understanding. When you have a right understanding of the feminine nature, you can stop hating them and you can accept what they are. And now you can start harnessing that feminine energy and learn how to use it, learn how to wield it, right? It's incredibly useful. It's incredibly, uh, it's a blessing to your life when you are in the correct frame, when you are the one who is going hard after a mission, not going hard after a girl. So likewise, let's pivot this to the organization. An organization is a help meet. An organization is something that helps you get to your mission. It's incredibly useful. It's incredibly helpful. It's energizing, right? And we don't fear organizations. Organizations have a dynamic that we need to understand. We, we don't worship organizations, right? We, we harness the energy of the organization to go for the mission. So let me give you an example of this. David and Saul right? David's mission is to be king of Israel. Saul owns the organization. Saul is the current organizational head, right? So David comes into the organization honorably because he's like, this organization is going to help me go towards where I need to be on my mission in life. Saul's a clown, blocks David, wants to kill David. 
So David says, I bless you. I'm out. Right. And he goes off and he starts his own hierarchy. He starts his own organization to serve his mission. Right. There's 400 outcast men who are not there. They've been rejected by this organization. They're being organization. They've been ignored by this organization. They've been dishonored by this organization. They all arrive around David and they're like, all right, you're going to help us. You're going to help us achieve our mission and we'll help. There's an exchange, right? Sex for commitment. There's an exchange, right? We're going to help you, David, with your hierarchy and you're going to help us with our mission of becoming not outcast anymore, but mighty men. We all want to be mighty men. Why do we join an organization? We want to be a mighty man amongst other mighty men attempting mighty things, Great. We want to be a great man amongst great men attempting great things. That's why we join organizations, you know, and we do it all differently. You know, I think that's why it's so important with this whole thing of understanding our organizational archetypes, you know, so some of us are, you know, like the Delta, we're just a man of action, practical, just like I'll get my crap done. You get your crap done. Let's get crap done. That's the Delta, right? Intense work rate, man of resolve. Um, then there's the Bravo, which is all about high energy, fun, party person. Like, you know, hey, let's have let's have fun while we do this. You know. Then there's the King, very demanding, a man who makes demands, who builds organization, um, and who gets who organizes things to get done. And then there's the Sigma, right? The the kind of outsider who studies what's happening, where things are going, and is a guide. They like to guide. So those are like your four kind of. Uh, archetypes of how we do organization. What are we looking for in an organization towards our, our mission? So for instance, a Delta comes into an organization and is like, will this organization serve me in absolutely just grinding and working towards whatever my missions are, my mission is. They want um, a king who's going to have an, a competent organization, right? Competency is very important for a Delta. Right? They don't want to be around morons and losers. They don't want to. They're like, this is my plot. I take care of mine. I don't want you on my back. I don't want this moron's work being lumped onto my work. I want competent men around me. And so the, <clears throat> the role of a king over deltas is to make sure that there are no morons and incompetence around the deltas so that the deltas can go crash. Now, the bravos, the bravos want a party. They want lots of meetings. They want lots of pats on the back and, oh, this is the guy and, and, and honor in the hierarchy and stuff. But why are, are, are bravos important? They bring high energy, right? Bravos, they, they make sure there's new people always coming into the hierarchy. They're very good at gathering. They're very good at, at, at making sure everyone's getting along and there's a bit of oil amongst all the deltas who are uh, just bull in a china shop. Bravos are very important to, to an organization's energy. Right. They make it fun to like, that's it. We want to crush and we want to have fun. Bravos are great. A lot of great entertainers are bravos. You know, a lot of great, uh, very charismatic -y kind of organizational people are bravos. They're great at getting people uh, towards one vision, towards a, a, a story or a, or a mission or whatever. Right. And then the kings, you know, oh, so bravos, when they come into a hierarchy, they're looking for, am I needed? Are is my skill going to be seen? Do I get to touch all the people? You know, do I get to organize parties? You know, that kind of thing. And it's like, yeah, that's, that's needed in a lot of organizations. Um, 
and even in a missional warlike way, like, like Bravos make the foxhole fun. You know, a lot of guys who just relax the atmosphere, who take the tension out of the atmosphere, you know, it's like, yeah, that's needed. You know, and then the King, you bring organization, you know, that's your, David goes out into the desert. If he was a Sigma, he would have gone out to the desert and not told anybody and just been alone and be like, all right, I'm going to wait about 14 years. <laughs> I'm just going to wait. <laughs> but he's a king. He creates structure. He creates a camp for all these guys to come to. And he starts making demands. He's like, this is what we're doing. I need you to do this. You to do this. Here's where we're going. We're going to go take targets. It's very much a king thing, right? Making demands on other people. Kings are great at making demands. And so when they come into a hierarchy, they're looking for he, he wasn't coming. So David coming into Saul's hierarchy, he wasn't coming in to usurp the throne and, and subvert and be a little gamma. He was coming in to be like, Saul, I'm, I'm a man under authority. You tell me what to do. I'm going to absolutely go and crush it, but I'm not slowing down. And so, you know, the best thing for Saul to have done would be like, sweet man, you're the general of my army. Go do stuff. And it's like a king's like, sweet. I know what I'm doing. I'm going to go do it. Like that would have been the outcome for a king joining another king's organization. And if you can't do that, if there's power politics and insecurity and backstabbing, it's like, fine, I'm going to the desert and I'm creating my own camp and, and I'm going to do my own thing. That's the king coming into an organization. <clears throat> a Sigma coming into an organization is looking, where is this organization going? Is it going to where I can see? You know, because I, is there an opportunity for me to help steer this ship? to help steer this organization towards mission, towards effectiveness of like organization for organization's sake is stupid. That's the Sigma, right? We don't just want to camp in the desert. We actually want to go take targets. So the Sigma comes in and is like, is there, is this vehicle, is this camp going to take us to the mission, the, the, the vision that we, that I see, you know, and that's what they're looking for. And if it's a yes, then it's like, sweet. I'm going to build honor under the king so that he trusts my voice and my leadership or my, my guidance, if you want to call it that, so that we can take this vehicle and actually go towards the direction. If he doesn't, you know, it's that it's a classic thing. And this goes for all the gifts. If he doesn't, he's going to be like, sweet, I'm out. Like I'm out of the organization. I don't need anyone. And he will go and, and bide his time in the forest and be like, all right, Lord, you know, what's next and lick your wounds and all this stuff of like, Oh, I hate, organizations like well that's the very immature uh way of being like that but it's like okay i'm not i'm the future of this organization is not in line with my mission i'm gonna go look for another organization whereas the king's like i'm gonna go build myself an organization <clears throat> a delta if his gift is not given a lot of times he'll just self he's like well i hate this place but i'll hunker down and just grind you know and just grind himself through of like i'm just gonna grind and it's like he's he's gonna self punish by not actually going and finding a lot of the time this is the immature again go find a david where you can go and crush and have your gift honored right we all want to be honored so so here's the same with bravo if you're not given if so bravos and deltas and sigmas need other people's hierarchies kings will go and create their own hierarchy so here's the here's the gifting thing right jesus says a a prophet is without honor in his own town and he says, I could do no great works there. So here it is with all of our giftings, right? A delta without honor is not going, you're not going to get the delta's reward. A bravo without honor, you're not going to get the bravo's reward. 
king, sigma, whatever their, their work is, their gift, if you don't honor them, their gift is not going to go full crush mode in your institution. And likewise, you're going to be like, I can't do any work there. Like I can't get stuff done there because there's no honor for my gift. And how do we gain honor? So this is the sexual market value thing. Why do we want to gain honor in hierarchies so that we can give our gift more fully? Uh, Proverbs says a man's gift makes room for him, right? So we give our gift, give our gift, give our gift. You know, this is kind of like the, the dating phase, like impress the organization, impress the girl, impress the girl, impress the girl, you know, do things that impress the girl. And that's what we do when we come into a hierarchy, when we come into an organization, we're like impress, impress, impress. And after a while, you know, if they're not impressed, drop the girl. Like, stop trying to impress a girl if she friend zones you. Stop trying to impress a hierarchy if they friend zone you. Rob, O'Sullivan's Law would certainly agree with me on organizations being innately feminine, if not explicitly masculine or right wing. Yep. Milvian Max, welcome, brother. Appreciate it. Thanks, man. So, when it comes to this thing of honor, I, I, organizational market value is all about giving your gift to an organization. And receiving honor in return or respect in return, right? And making sure your mission is being helped, not hindered. So for instance, you know, if your mission is to go and be a right-wing bodybuilder giga chad, you know, and you join a church and you're like, yeah, I can help out here. <clears throat> I can give my gift, you know, whatever your gift is. Let's say you're a delta because a lot of bodybuilders are, are deltas because they can put in the work, <clears throat> So, so you start just putting in your work in this church, you know, you're like, you're setting up venues, you're, you're doing outreach stuff, whatever programs are on in the church, you're just grinding. Right. And, and they start preaching, you know, guys to go to the bloody gym is Nazi stuff. You know, those, those guys bloody eating eggs raw. Let me tell you, it's devil stuff. You know, that, that, that organization is against your mission. You cannot do any good work there. Because they're dishonoring. So they might be like, we love you, Chad. We love that you come to our church, Chad. We love you just giving 20 hours a week, just grinding at this church, Chad. Bodybuilding's evil. Like they can give you honor for your work there, but, but the mission alignment is off. And it's like, why are you giving your gift there? It's, it's the same as like, oh, this woman's hot and she's giving me sex. Yeah, but she, she's a rampant, raging feminist and she hates your God. And she doesn't want children. And it's like, you, you've got no future with her. You've got no future with an organization that your mission does not align with. Or your values or like whatever you value. You know, what is it that you value in life that makes you angry, that makes you happy, makes you sad, makes you joyful. If, the, if an organization is, is very different, if they're not adjacent or aligned on those things, you're going to have a hard time giving your gift. Drongo, welcome, brother. All righty. All righty, all righty. Where was I going with this? So applying game to organizations, right? We have to understand, chaps, just how valuable we are as king energy men, as missional men, as men who are uh, building strength, building courage, and building mastery, right? We're valuable men, and we have options. This is the lie, right? The lie is there's only one girl out there, you know, and so we get the scare. Likewise. There is an abundance. God is an abundant God. There is an abundance of organizations out there who fit your values, who fit your mission, you know, who want to honor your gift. There are men out there 
groups of men praying for a man like you to come and give their gift to their great attempt that they are attempting. You know, so to spend your life, well, I guess I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to leave this organization because I'm not valuable. It's like, no, you're supremely valuable, but I'm only a one talent guy. It's like, give your one talent as unto the Lord. There are some one talent groups out there praying for a man of one talent like yours to come along. You don't have to be a 10 talent chat. You know, if I had 10 chat, if only I had 10 talents, this group would honor me. No, they probably wouldn't because your identity would be the same. Yes, your gifting is, is huge or whatever, but, but your identity remains weak and you're happy to be friend zoned. You're happy to be treated like dirt. You're happy to be treated like a slave or treated, you know, like a, just a, oh yeah, he's never going to leave us. We can just pile work on him. We can just pile demands on him and never give him honor, never give him respect, never give him an equal uh, trade, you know, honor. And chaps, God is an abundant God. Let me tell you, you know, there's a David out in the desert somewhere who is praying for a man like you to come and join his organization, you know, or join his, his company or join his church, you know, whatever organization you're in there, it's like, yeah, man, I'm just not being honored. And the mission just doesn't suit me. I was like, come on guys, we've got to apply equal value to what we bring, right? I bring a gift to this organization. And so I will, you know, a dating period, right? Three months six months, whatever your dating period is of like, Hey, I'm going to try, I'm going to try to impress. I'm going to try to give, even if nothing's coming back, I'm going to try and win this organization over, you know, win favor. Like, dude, it's been six months. Have you got respect? Have you got honor? You know, are they, are they honoring your gift? Are they, uh, is the, you know, now that you've been on the inside, you know, they had this pretty mission statement on the outside, but now that you're inside, is the mission what they said the mission was? Is the values that they said they had, is that the values that they had? You've got to see organizations as a feminine market value actor. And you are the masculine man acting on the feminine. <clears throat> Drongo, good evening, brother. I may have already greeted you if I haven't. Greetings again. Alrighty. Praise God. Yeah. And then that whole thing of honor, you know, a lot of guys are like, you know, I'd be willing to do stuff for free um, because it juices me. It's like, okay, well, you're not doing it for free. You're getting respect or you're getting honor or you're getting, you're getting joy. That's a payment. You know, a lot of guys, they're not getting paid and they're not getting juice. Or, or joy or excitement out of doing the thing. You, you're not sinful. You're not selfish for wanting a trade, a return on giving your gift. You know, a lot of guys are like, oh, servant leadership, brother. You've just got to serve, serve, serve. And it's like, not if you're getting nothing back. That's a slave. It's not a servant. That's a slave, you know? And it's like, yeah, you know, we can, we can be a slave of God, you know, and that's fine. But it's like, even God's a good father. God gives us far more in return than we could ever give him. You know, it's like, chaps, you've got to have this thing of I'm a valuable man and I trade my gift. I give my gift, you know, and so if some organization comes and shows interest in me, I don't just be like, oh, they're showing interest in me. Okay, commitment, you know, and it's like, no, no, no. You are the gatekeeper of commitment, of giving your gift for a long period of time. Do they, do they give equal respect, equal help towards your mission? equal honor, you know, then it's like, yeah, this is a good fit and I'm willing to commit, you know, 
And even then in a marriage, you know, it's like my wife and I chat about this often, but guys are like, well, I don't care if my wife gets fat. And I was like, I care. And my wife knows I care. You know, and, and likewise for, for, for girls, like, yeah, I don't mind, you know, if my guy's a fat slob. And it's like, my wife cares. And I know that she cares. You know, sexual market value is a, a, an honor. It's we honor each other. I honor my wife by being high value. My wife honors me by being beautiful and, and uh, cheerful and helpful and respectful. It's like we want to honor the other party because there's an equal exchange. So same with, with organizations that we join of like, yes, I want to honor the organization. I don't usurp the crown. I don't talk bad of the leaders. I don't, I don't cause drama in this organization. I give my gift. I, I work as unto the Lord in this organization. And in return, I want respect. I want honor. I want payment if that's what, what you want or, or, you know, whatever it is you're, you're going in, you need to establish what is a fair trade. What is a good trade for me? Because if you don't, if you go in with the servant leadership mindset, with the slave mindset, you're going to get burned out in a year or two and you're going to get bitter. You're going to get resentful. And then you're going to, you're going to, you know, either like usurp the crown and kill the king, or you're going to uh, cause trouble with, with the clowns, uh, with the, uh, the normies around you. It's like, guys, it's not worth getting burnt out on. You have to ask, what am I trading? You know, me being involved in this church, me being involved in this business, me being involved in this organization, me being involved in this team. What am I giving? And by God, you better, you better just back your, your gift. You know, I've told that story often of, of a dentist. If you're sitting in a dentist chair and the dentist is hovering over you and he's like, yeah, man, I'm not that good. I just do this because I needed a job. Man, I'm, I'm getting out of that chair and I'm saying, screw you, and I'm walking out. But if I'm sitting in a dentist chair and the dentist is like, hey, man, relax. I'm the bloody best dentist in this whole region. I'm the bloody best dentist in the world. It's like, great. Thank you. That's what I needed to hear. It's the same with our gift. That's not pride. That's not pride. It's, it's humility. It's a right understanding of I am bloody good at my gift. I am good at this one little talent or these three little talents. What it, whatever God has blessed you with, unbury the talent, clean it off, get skill at it, strength at it, and then courageously give that gift with confidence. God made me to give this gift. I am good at it. And that's not a pride thing of like, I'm better than him. Everyone else is a douche because I'm great. It's like, no, no, no. As unto the Lord, I am good at this. And so to the glory of God, I'm going to give this gift and I'm good at it. I'm good at it. And because of that, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be treated like some dirty, buried talent guy, like some soy boy with no mission, with some, some soy boy who wants to be punished. And, 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 you know, like, no, 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 we have, it's king energy, chaps. It's a right understanding of who we are. I'm the son of God and he has a mission for my life. And so I will come alongside your, your uh, organization and serve it and give my gift, but not to the detriment of the mission he's given me and the gift that he's given me to give. We have to understand that it's, it's good to want a, a trade and exchange market value, right? If your car is, is what? <laughs> this is great. I was sent this, I was sent this great little, uh, the dream team. Where is it here? Let's make sure I don't get cloned or something. So I'm sent this great little um, thing. It's like, oh, we'll buy 
We'll buy your piece of. We see that you have a piece of land on record at some county of Texas. We'll buy it for seven thousand dollars. It's like you pieces of crap. I sold it for four times that, you know. And it's like, it's it's guys take a chance, you know. They're like, oh, you have a gift. We'll pay you seven grand. And it's like market value, market value. It's like, sure, I could sell it to you for seven grand, but then I'd be screwing myself over. I've just lost that opportunity somewhere else to get four times the amount, 10 times the amount, a hundred X the amount somewhere else who will actually honor what I have, you know, and it's not just a chancer, you know, you see on Facebook marketplace, we're like, no chancers. <laughs> Cause it is dudes take, you know, they take a go. They're like, Oh, sweet Ford 2000 truck mint condition, five grand. It's like, no, they're freaking fetching 20 grand right now. Like understand your market value. And likewise, you know, I think some guys can afford to be like, you know, they're never going to enter. They're never going to enter an institution because they're like, I'm so valuable. I'm the most valuable Baywatch man on God's green earth. And then it's like, are you actually like, no one wants you. <laughs> no, you know, it's that, that's the other side of it. That's where girls get it wrong. You know, girls are like, I deserve Captain America. And it's like, well, are, are other suitable, like, if you think you deserve a 10 out of 10, at least are nine out of 10s interested in you? Like, no, there's no nine out of 10s interested in me. All right, are, are eight out of 10s interested in you? No, like the only guys that are interested in me are, you know, the guy down at the park with a three-legged dog who's slightly obese and sweats. And it's like, okay, so that's about a three out of 10. All right, so you've been advanced on by three out of 10s. Any higher? Are you being advanced on by four out of 10s? No, it's like, okay, that's your market value. You know, and it's the same for guys. We have to have confidence that our gift is the best, 10 out of 10. But at the same time, it's like, okay, what are they giving other guys? What, what, are, other, what are organizations coming at me with, with a, a, a fair value of? You know, can I go above that? Can I negotiate? You know, can I send my feelers out and be like, okay, I'm maybe a bit more valuable. Maybe, you know, we have to have humility. But it doesn't start with us being down in the dumps and not valuing ourselves. You know, these are two equal dangers that we face. You know, but this guy ironically might, you know, a blind squirrel finds a nut, you know, <laughs> he might just sheer luck of the draw and confidence and boom, 10 out of 10 marries Captain America and good for you. But we want an honest appraisal of our value. And that's where being friends with guys who are honest, being friends with guys who are pushing and crushing and going hard of like, yeah, dude, you could crush a bit more than you are right now. Or like, dude, you are crushing. You're, you're undervaluing yourself. That's the value of a friendship group. Like, dude, these guys aren't valuing you. You're crushing. Like, I am? Really? My dad didn't tell me I crushed. And so since a baby, I have undervalued myself. It's like, yeah, you're crushing, dude. And your dad was a jerk and you're great at what you do. <clears throat> Rob, all relationships have to be reciprocal. Reciprocation, man. <clears throat> That's king energy. It's that whole thing, you know, of like, Someone comes and takes your chicken. Well, you go take their dog. Like escalate, you know, reciprocation, man. Like you don't let people treat you, you know, less than you are. You know, it's, and again, it's not this prideful, arrogant dick stuff of, of but it's like people don't come on, over on my lawn and disrespect me. It's like, I'm going to reciprocate with force if needed. You know, it's, we have to understand reciprocation. <clears throat> Rob, a good steward of anything cannot be apathetic about the outcome regarding a spouse getting fat, regarding a company treating you poorly, uh, regarding, you know, 
any kind of thing that's detrimental to your mission. We're stewards of our mission, chaps. You know, that's what we have to understand. This mission that God has put on our heart, whatever your desires, whatever your goal, your mission that God has put on your heart to do, you're a steward of it, right? You, you don't want to go bury it. You don't want to go ignore it because God's going to be like, you wicked servant, right? We want to be a good steward of what God has put <clears throat> on our lives to be. <clears throat> All righty. Let's see what else I wrote down here. All right. The other thing I wanted to chat on about those those four uh, archetypes, you know, the Delta, whose whose gift is just to grind and work and action and practicality and skill and competence, like that's the Delta, uh, and then the Bravo, who's great with people, high energy, just can lift a room, can organize uh, groups, you know, can can draw in people as a great uh, recruiter or, or or marketer or promoter, you know. Um, uh, that's the Bravo, uh, the King organizer makes demands, uh, brings structure, makes the camp, you know, uh, and then the Sigma who, who, who is a guide who can see clearly into the future, who can troubleshoot problems from an outside perspective. That's the Sigma. <clears throat> All of these roles, we're going to primarily be one that we enjoy, right? So I'm going to enjoy doing this. I can do the others. I can gain skill at the others situationally. You know, situationally, not many of us are kings. Like I would say probably like less than 10% of the population are the king archetype. You know, the, the, the guy the, who makes demands and builds organizations and, and makes frame. And it's just an absolute, you know, Donald just crushing. Like I wouldn't, not many men are, are that way. But all of us have to be that energy that frame, that mindset in our families. We have to be the king of our families. We have to be the king of our businesses. If you own a business, if you own, if you run an organization, if you lead a church, you have to be the king. You know, there's nothing worse than a kingless family, a kingless organization, a kingless church, a kingless business, because a king bears the sword. A king makes demands. And so you're not going to get anywhere in your hierarchy that you run. If you do not adopt king energy of, okay, I need to stop making demands of people in my organization. I need to bear the sword and cut out people who don't fit the organization, cut out people who are detrimental to the mission, detrimental to the health of, of what I'm trying to build here. So that's king, the king energy, right? <clears throat> Same with, with some Delta stuff, right? We all need to kind of, when we're starting out in life, learn how to do some stuff, how to be a man of action how to gain skill at a certain thing that will get us value until if we're not a Delta, we can then be given access to doing the other things that we're meant to do. But we first have to try and gain some skill. Likewise with being a Bravo, we need to gain a bit of people skills. We need to gain a bit of uh, tact when it comes to relating with people. How do I not just shoot people dead and move on? It's like, no, no, no. there needs to be a bit of diplomacy. I need to learn trade skills, right? I need to learn market value which is kind of a, a bravos are great at bravos are great at, at people and, and diplomacy and all this kind of stuff. And then, and then being, being a Sigma, you know, we, we need to gain skill at being okay with being outside of a hierarchy, being okay with being rejected, being okay with speaking the truth or, uh, bringing a new way of doing things or changing the direction, uh, that an organization is going in. You know, that's a very Sigma kind of gifting. We need to kind of be aware of, okay, I might 
need to wear a different hat in a different situation. Even though I may be this naturally, I may need to put on the hat of the other three archetypes at some point in my life in some in some hierarchies. You know, and likewise, you know, for myself, you know, if you come into a into a hierarchy new at the bottom, zero market value, you know, no one knows you. Uh, they they don't know what you do. They don't, you know, you're like, oh, I've just arrived at this church, new, new to the area. It's like, you know, a lot of guys may start very low value. And it's like, okay, low value guys are often going to start you. Even if you're not a Delta, just start working, start grafting. Even if you're not a Bravo, start networking, start meeting guys, start reaching out, you know, and that's how you then gain honor. If you are a Delta, you're going to gain honor as a Delta. If you are a Bravo, you're going to gain honor as a Bravo. But if you're a Sigma, it's like only like, oh, this guy's actually got some great ideas, but no one's going to hear your ideas if you're not putting in the work, if you're not building trust with the people. And if you're a king of like, dude, I can go crush some projects. I can go crush. No one cares until you actually show competency and, and trust, you know, to, to actually give you an ear to do stuff. Uh, Rob, do these roles scale for the environment? King at home, Delta at church, Bravo with your sports club, etc. I think that's, that's for a lot of us is how it works. You know, we, we want to kind of, uh, I think in our home, we're, we're almost always going to have to wear the King hat. You know, we have to be the Kings of our, our households. Um, and then at church, you know, if you're not running the church, yeah, you're going to, you're going to want to settle into your natural role in the church, but they, you know, may need, you know, so for instance, of like, if you see a, a, a problem, it's like, do I have the solution? And I think a lot of the time, you know, we don't want to get burnt out by doing something we have no skill at. So you might see a problem, but it's like, you know, I have a hammer, but I don't know that that solution needs a hammer or that problem needs a hammer as a solution. So we want to be very careful about why we give. A, so, you know, again, trading, trading off is very important. You know, so it's like, I'm happy, you know, my brother-in-law calls me up and is like, hey man, can you help me move my house this weekend? It's like, okay, this is Delta work. Like we're going to go and get crap done for a weekend. But if he calls me up and he's like, hey man, let's start a moving company and you're going to be a laborer. Like that means I'm going to be a Delta for the next 30 years of my career. Like that's not a good fit. That's not a good exchange. So we can situationally like, yeah, for the weekend, I'll go and graft and, and have high work rates and, and do what I need to do. You know, likewise, a mate may call me and be like, hey, Scott, will you be uh, the master of ceremonies at my wedding? Hugely bravo role, right? I'm like, yeah, for the weekend, I can be your master of ceremonies. I can make sure all the invites get sent out. I can make sure everyone's happy and the people are coming on time and, you know, make sure that everyone's seated at the right tables and everyone's enjoying themselves. And I can make sure that everyone gets introduced to everybody and I can tell the jokes and I can make the ceremony go along. But like at the end of that, weekend, I'm exhausted. I'm burnt out because that's not my natural role. I can do it. I'm skillful at it, but it's not my natural role. But there's guys who are like, yeah, I could do this 24 seven and I could do this 24 seven. So we want to try and find our way into our natural roles in almost all the hierarchies that we're in, but we must understand there are going to be times where we situationally are going to put on a cap and burn the oil to do something that we're not necessarily naturally talented to do. And maybe we get a kick out of it. You know, maybe we get a kick out of, you know, going and being the clown at the sports club. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, I can go mess around for an hour once a week and be a jester, you know. Or like you get a kick out of going and volunteering down at the shelter and being a Delta for, for you know, two hours of just mucking out, 
shelters or, or, you know, doing some roofing work or whatever, like guys get a kick out of that, you know, cause it's a change of environment. It's a change of role uh, to get you back into enjoying what your regular life is. So it's not, it's a really good point you bring up there, Rob. All righty. So a good question is to ask, you know, w- with regards to roles and things and, re- and when coming into an organization, a good question to ask is what is required of me here? You know, so if you're looking for a job, you're looking for an organization that is looking for your gift because what is required of me here? Oh yeah, that fits my, you know, let's say you're a plumber and you're looking for a plumbing job. It's like you're looking for an organization whose requirement is we require a plumber. It's like, okay, great. I fit that and I can go give my gift there. A lot of the time when we're into organizations, you know, we're looking for belonging. We're looking for meaning, for purpose, for mission. You know, we're like, man, will this organization help take me to what I feel my mission is or what my values are? Will it meet my values? And we need to very quickly get to that place of, is my gift needed here? And if it is needed here, is this a good long-term fit values-wise and mission-wise? Because then like, great, I'm happy to start at the bottom and work my way up no matter how long it takes because the, the values and the mission are aligned and, and I, I see my, my gift being used here. But I, I want you guys to start asking those questions because a lot of guys are sitting in organizations, sitting in jobs, sitting in churches, sitting in teams that there's no values or, or mission alignment uh, and there's no room for your gift. There's no honor for your gift. You know, and so like, don't, don't bury your, You're burying yourself at the bottom of that hierarchy with with no future uh plans you know get yourself to a place where it's like man there's abundance god is a god of abundance there's there's abundant options of of institutions of hierarchies of organizations that i can go join who align with my mission and and want my gift all righty boys yeah last thing don't be a victim don't be a victim of woman you know, for a lot of guys who are, myself included, it's like, oh, you know, this is the only girl. You know, this is the only girl. I'm a victim, you know. And, and like, dude, like, there's a thousand other women out there who are better than this girl. Like, stop being a little bitch. Same when it comes to organizations, right? This church wronged me. This business wronged me. This organization, this team, I hate this leader. I hate that manager. I hate this pastor. It's like, dude, stop being a little bitch. There's a thousand other organizations that are better than this organization. Go give your gift. Righty boys. I think that's a good night's, a good night's ramble. I think we'll carry on with sexual market value tomorrow. There's just so much thing, so many things to talk about. Oh yeah. Last thing here. Organizations are hypergamous. So hypergamy is the feminine nature of wanting the best possible man, right? Of, of asking the question, is this the best that I can do? You know, and that's why girls, all these, these girls are like, I deserve Captain America. And it's like, well, you're actually a five. And so you'll, you'd be lucky for the dude at the park with a three-legged dog. It's the same for companies, right? Organizations are hypergamous. They're always looking for a better person. You know, they're like, is this the best guy I can do? Is this the best employee I can do? Is this the best manager I can do? Is this the best pastor I can do? Organizations 
will replace you in a second. Organizations don't love you. You know, it's that whole thing, uh, Rob, you know, was saying to, to the woman of like the board of the shareholders will never love you. Well, it's the same for guys. The shareholders will never love you as a guy. They can respect you. And that's what we want. We want respect, right? The, the business can respect you. The church can respect you. The organization can respect you, but it will never love you, right? The men will love you. You know, the men in the, in the organization, we can, we can have camaraderie and, and brotherly love amongst each other. But, but do not expect an organization to love you. You're replaceable. You die tomorrow, another guy takes your place. So organizations don't love you. They love your gift, but they can respect you. And that's why, chaps, respect is such a huge issue for us. You know, you have to understand this trade of it's okay to want respect. And then I'll finish off, uh, Rob, a comment on joining an, org an organization. Acknowledge the authority within that hierarchy. One of the most consistent ways to gain respect and honor is reliably following orders. Exactly, man. It's David and, and Saul. You don't usurp the crown. You don't come in and be like, I'm the big shot around here. It's like, no, it's honor. You find out, you know, and it's, it's the same thing I said uh, in a past stream where, you know, find if you're a Jonathan, go find out who David is, find out what his mission is and serve and boom, you'll get, you'll get honor. Exactly that, Rob, reliably following orders. And I'll finish on this. You don't win the institutional game by quitting. You don't win, you know, the masculine feminine dynamic by quitting woman, by going MGTOW. No, you win by understanding and playing accordingly. Understand the nature that's going on. Understand, you know, that they are what they are and, and who they are. And then you play accordingly. Same with organizations. We don't, we don't win this institutional war by quitting organizations. Libertarians, you know, you don't give up the institutions. Soft Christians, you don't give the institutions to the liberals because, ah, oh, we don't play that game or we got burned by the board or we got burned by, you know, it's like, no, no, no. Understand how they work and now we can play the game accordingly. God bless you, boys. Have a wonderful night. We'll see you tomorrow at 7 p.m. And I uh, really appreciate all you chaps hanging out in the chat as well. Always makes things a bit more enjoyable. God bless you, boys.